0: Hey, guys, this is Shagalot here with Metallurgy. Uh, this is June, and it's actually Pride Month, and uh, we here at Metallurgy just want to give a shout-out and solidarity to all of our friends in the LGBTQ, LMNOP, RSV, XYZ P. community. Uh, not to make light, and we, we really are uh, giving a shout-out in solidarity. So um, celebrate um, and you know be yourself um and hopefully you're in an area that allows you to to be free and and be who you are um so yeah we're we're with you guys we got we got rob
1: howford we got uh guys from cynic uh paul masvidal sean reiner and fuck we even got um elton john dude freddie mercury Fre- oh freddie mercury don't yeah don't forget that guy um
0: where would we be with without without those people
2: yeah
1: exactly. See, I, listen. You pick up a guitar, add some distortion. Queen is still metal.
0: Death on Two Legs is metal as fuck. <laughs> right. Death on Two. Let's legs not forget fun
1: Funeral for fun. a Friend. Come on. Oh man,
0: man. On. yeah, that's one of the most metal, ever written Yeah, yeah. I love Dream Theater's cover of that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: See. Yeah.
0: All right. So that's our shout out to you guys. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Take me
3: right.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Metallurgy, 9th episode. My name is Matt. Uh,
0: this is uh, Shagalot. <laughs> and this is yeah. Dino. Um, so we are going to be uh, talking about the new album, Intermination, from uh, Dew Scented. Uh, we here at Metallurgy have gotten access to the album uh, early, so we've been listening to it. Uh, it's, I think it's a killer fucking album. I think so too. Yeah. Um and not only that, but we also got a chance to interview Leif Jensen, the uh, singer from the band who's been the really the only remaining member since 1992. Yeah. Uh, which is really like fucking awesome considering we're we're not even at episode 10 of this podcast. And <laughs> I feel like super um blessed by Satan to be able to <laughs> Should we also say sixes? Yeah. By the way, this is the ninth episode of the podcast, so I feel like that's also very special. Yeah, right. You know? Um Yeah.
1: So we should we change the ratings?
0: Yeah, it goes to nine today. <laughs>
3: Eighteen is actually nine. <laughs> it's stuck in his mind.
0: <laughs> um Yeah, so um Dino, I know you you were listening to this album a lot. were there any like uh songs that really stood out to you uh on the album? Um I think more towards the end uh
3: of the the album um I think in the beginning it was very like just straight up thrashy death metal kind of in your face straightforward back to the roots sort of songs um there's uh there's a couple tracks that I really liked uh ruptured perpetually um
0: <laughs> I wrote a note my note just says so killer yeah I
3: mean so the beginning it's been a little while since I listened to this album but because um, we've had access to it for so long yeah, now actually we have so I, I wrote a bunch of notes on it and the uh, basically a great song to headbang to in the beginning there was a lot of like timing changes and just fucking heavy yeah and um uh yeah another album or another song Odo extinction um fucking just heavy again and it just sounds like shit's going down
0: yeah it does and by the <laughs> way you know what's cool is uh just today they launched a music video for that track oh they did yeah it's fucking yeah it's really cool
3: <laughs> yeah and i think the song's like very chaotic and it has trading solos in it mm-hmm. that kind of remind me of megadeth a little bit like, uh, Hangar 18. so
0: <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Yeah, there are definitely worse bands and songs to be compared to. Okay? <laughs> is that one, one of your tops? Megadeth? Oh, Hanger 18? Yeah. specific That whole album, I think, is my favorite yeah, Megadeth album. That, that's what I thought. Yeah. I remember be mentioning that a while ago. Oh, dude. Can't get enough of that one. Yeah, how about you? Um, uh, shag a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know, we... We actually like a lot of the same songs. So a lot of the stuff you mentioned are things I took notes on too. One thing also is I really enjoyed the song "Living Lies." Um, I just remember thinking the intro was like super, super awesome, and it's actually a riff that comes back later. But like the drums, like the the way that it's approached rhythmically is different later on in the song. Um, but it's it's just a super, super killer track. Um, I also really like the uh, the tracks uh, "Means to an End" and "Power Surge." Uh, the you know the there's one um kind of through through line uh, when it comes to the, this album and that's that every single song is heavy as shit. Is that yeah. a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, like it was, it's it's incredible to me the staying power that this band has. Like I was listening to this album and then I was like I need to go back and re listen to the earlier shit and I was listening to it and I was like how do you stay this consistently good? Yeah for this long.
3: With all the those lineup changes too.
1: That that can be very difficult.
0: It man. can be. I mean, because the thing is is that's either gonna be a blessing or it's gonna fuck up the sound completely. It's gonna cause derision. I yeah. mean
3: and everyone brings in their own shit too. Yeah. It's kind of surprising that yeah. I, and I think we discussed this um in our interview with him. Yeah. That you know, maybe New Blood has something to do with it. That, hey, it just brings new life. Though, I think this
0: lineup's been with the band for like four years now. Yeah. So,
3: you know, they, they they just know what's going on. Yeah.
0: You know, I feel like that's a good segue. Maybe we should, you know, stop wasting everybody's time and just let them listen to Leif talk about the album himself. Yeah. Yeah? Sure. All right. Without further ado, here is the interview that uh, Dino and I conducted with Leif Jensen. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, great. That's this is wonderful. Um I just want to say before we even do anything, thank you so much for your time. We yeah. we really appreciate it.
2: Ah, uh, likewise, you know. Th- thanks thanks for being interested in talking to me about the band. I mean, that, you know, that means a lot to us.
3: Uh so I think the first question we were both wondering you guys have been doing this for a long time. Um how do you keep the energy alive when you go into the studio? Um I mean, are is there like a bank of old riffs that you guys draw from, or do you just go in fresh, and just kind of bang it out?
2: Oh, we sort of start from scratch every time. To be honest, I mean, the the you know, the old ideas are old ideas. You know, that's that's nothing we would deal we would want to deal with uh, when we do a new record. Um, i don't know i mean it's it's i've been wondering myself because you know at some point you you would think that you maybe get more comfortable or more you know lazy or 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 tame or whatever it is but no i think i think i think there is a there is a way of um a very healthy organic way of kicking each other's ass with new ideas you know like one guy brings in a killer riff and that just motivates uh, the fuck out of everybody else and you know we would want to arrange a song that is that does justice to to our current shape, um, and you know I, I think that that uh, you need to have that 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 urge and that uh, and that will in a, in a in a band like this is extreme basically because otherwise, um, yeah, you it, it would sound boring. It would it would sound uh, it would sound wrong, you know. And yeah, I, I think we haven't lost that 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 focus. We haven't lost the ambition. I mean, maybe the lineup changes help to always keep things like sort of interesting. You're not you know you're not you're not um having to live up um to the history of the band in its full way you have to live up to your present every time you know like i i don't we don't really go go back and look at the the you know 90s or early 2000s time of the band and say well this is what we need to like sound like yeah i think a lot of bands have to do that you know because they wrote their classics in the early years you know they if if you yeah. have a, if you have a groundbreaking record with your debut, like most thrash bands did, they will always be remembered about that um, or yeah. re- reminded about that. And I don't think we have that, so that's that's very um, that that's very freeing in a way.
3: Yeah. So do you guys draw upon like a set of core influences, like music wise, or for each new album, is there a like a list of records that each person is influenced by, like um, uh, new influences. I don't
2: know, man. We haven't really talked about that, which is which is very good, I guess. Uh, I think we we each of us have our own personal favorite albums. Uh, we sometimes talk about that, obviously, because we like to you know give each other give each other good hints on on new good music, but. As far as our style, I think a lot of the classic records are going to remain our favorite albums forever. So that's not going to change. You know, I yeah. still listen to the early Slayer and Testament and Exodus stuff like I, like I did twenty twenty five years ago. Um, so so I think you you don't get that out of your system anymore, and it, in a way, it keeps influencing you. But then you know you have new bands that pop up along the way. You know, be it Meshuggah, be it Gojira, yeah. be it. Uh, more extreme technical you know like, like like modern times death metal bands that you know impress you enough to, to maybe also uh, get added uh, to that list. to push the envelope a little bit oh yeah totally totally you know yeah. the you, you know we're not a retro old school band you know we want to stay like modern contemporary so if there is a chance of doing something a little bit new making that part of your recordings I obviously think that there is a lot of new elements also in this new record. By comparison, you know, I mean, uh, probably we're a very, uh, uh, I'm going to say, specific type of sounding band, so may- to many people it will sound like just another record, but I personally hear some new... in elements and influences in in the new recording and you know we we don't allow them to take over and change the sound of the band completely because we we want to respect obviously a certain style that we have for the band but but yeah um, I, I i think you know keeping your ears wide open always helps you um uh understand what's out there at the moment oh,
0: very cool um is there any, like, new album that's come out in the past, like, year or something that you think is just, like, phenomenal that you just can't
2: stop listening to? Uh, a lot. I mean, I, you know, I listen to a lot of music, pretty much nonstop. I, I would like to say, you know, an old band that came back with a with a very relevant uh, good record is At The Gates, for example. You know, I was listening a lot to um, At War With Reality, their their latest record. Um you know it's it's always been a one of my one of my favorite bands plus a very influential band also that has an has had an influence also on on on, on our sound so it was cool to see them come back with a, you know with a, such a strong new record um, i spent a lot of time listening to a swedish band called tribulation lately i i think their latest record uh, was phenomenal um and th- you know there is a lot of stuff like that you know i I'm going back to a lot of classic records at the moment because they're being reissued on LP, so I've been buying some new, old shit again, so...
0: Yeah, I've been there before. <laughs> um, so, I was wondering, um, how was it going uh, back into Unisound and working with
2: Dan? Well, first of all, we never went in there. <laughs> he oh, okay. He works out of the studio, you know, and we recorded at different locations. And so uh, uh, it was—he um, basically did his part on his own because that's what he prefers, and we uh, know to trust him for that. Um, it was very cool to reconnect with him, you know, because the last record that he makes for us was back in 1998, which feels like a different life almost. Um, So he did the second album, Innocent, back then, and uh, we were happy around the time with with what he did for us. He wasn't. He thought the album didn't sound as good as it should have, so he was eager to, you know, get his hands on the band again at some point and... uh, for this record, it, it it turned out to be the the perfect solution. You know, we wanted to. Our drummer has built up an own studio and recording facility for himself, so we did a lot of the main recordings there. I did the vocals with our sound engineer at, at his studio in a different location, um, and we just did that process like on and off for a couple of months, which was very good because we never had pressure. We were never forced to use a certain take or recording that wasn't. As good as, as good as it could have been, you know. So we always, yeah. you know, we managed to continue working before we gave the materials to Dan to to mix. And um, him being really happy with the, the material he got, with the quality of the recordings, he was able to add like, um, yeah, the right mix to things. So I think it came out really good. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I like his attitude and his uh, work uh, ethos, anyways. And I think he did he did this album a great service.
0: Awesome. You know, speaking of that, um uh, with your vocals specifically, is there anything that you do like to prepare because your vocals are they're so guttural and I would imagine it's really difficult to to keep that up.
2: And they
3: sound really full on this album, too.
2: Nice one. Thanks. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. If, if, I mean, obviously, we, I know it's a love and hate thing with the vocals, you know, because they're very untamed. They're like very rough, basically. And I know it turns off a lot of people. But then again, those are the people that I don't expect to like, you know, what I like and to like the band. So it's, it's cool. Um, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, the, the type of mix that we had for the record helps the vocals to not be as much on top of the music like they maybe were in the past and, uh, Obviously they're very extreme, and I'm not a singer type of guy, you know, so I couldn't do much different than than what I'm doing. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: so it's it's um, I think I think the routine has helped. You know, a couple of years ago I stopped smoking, which helped the fullness as well in a way, especially for when you're playing live and touring. You know, the more lungs you can give to enhance the power, the better. Hey!
0: Congratulations um, on that.
2: Uh uh-huh. ah, cheers, man. Cheers. Even though I'm I'm missing it, you know, I sort of like smoking. <laughs> I hate to say it, like especially if you're recording this, but I sort of liked smoking. I felt I was a cooler dude back then. But but yeah, no, I, I you know honestly, I smoked for 20 years, so it was good enough. I but, but that was already back in 2007. So it would have it, w- it would have already like. Like shown on different records as well. I just think the timing was good. You know, working with our sound engineer to to record the vocals was good too because this guy knows what what you know what we're up to, and he knows uh, uh, he knows myself and he knows the vocals. So he and he's a singer as well. So it was very challenging. You know, sometimes I had a really good take, and he would say, "No, man, uh, actually you can do it better." You know. <laughs> so so he, he kept me going, you know, and then eventually it led to weird things, like we were done with the record, everything was recorded, I was happy, we were already doing the photo session, and we went to the studio to do a couple of mock photos, uh, you know, for studio coverage type of things, Yeah. and and I felt like, uh, I felt I had a pretty good full voice early in the morning, that was like 10am, and I did, you know, a full song and a, and a take that ended up being the tape we used for the record for that song. Just, you know, like last minute, sure. I, I asked Dan to to, to uh, consider that additional recording. And, uh, you know, so it was a very loose atmosphere. And, and being able to track a song in 10 minutes never happened to me before. So, yeah, there we wow. go. Maybe, maybe it was that confidence of working with a good team, you know, that, that helped it. Yeah. That's awesome. But, I, I know, find like like the good, good old times, you know, a lot of my favorite records back then, when you talk to the singers, they're like, I did the whole record in three hours. It's like, really? Yeah. That, 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 that classic trash metal record you, you did it in three hours. How is that possible?
3: Yeah. I find it funny that you say uh, that you quit smoking. Cause I, I know some vocalists say, say that they just smoke a cigarette and have a drink and they're ready to go. <laughs>
2: yeah you know whatever helps you know I I'm, yeah. I'm sure some others could tell you you know they get a blow job before they go on stage yeah. and it makes them feel really good I'm sure it does you know but <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is that I had the feeling that you know I had the feeling that it that it was that it opened up uh, it opened up the vocals a little bit more around that time but um I also around the time I would have not said it it like it it affects the vocals in a negative way when I was smoking. But, but, I, but I think, you know, yeah, more volume, more control, more... Um, also, I don't drink before we play live or we record. You know, I only do that afterwards. Uh, I think discipline never never uh, hurts, right? No. Yeah. But, you know, but there are some people who think, you know, the, the rock and roll element um, is more important for their sound and they cannot be themselves without, without a little bit of help. So uh, I understand that part as well. Um, is it okay if I give you some fill-in-the-blanks? Uh, sure, we can try. I hope I can <laughs>
0: cope. Well, well, we'll see how this goes. Okay. Um, okay. So, most days, I enjoy doing... Uh,
2: <laughs> this is going to go really bad. <laughs> uh,
0: it's already going great. Don't worry about
2: it. Uh, most days, I enjoy doing coffee
0: oh that's what we're doing right now <laughs> yeah
2: oh really i wasn't sure it sounded like a like a beer bottle as well
0: oh no it's early over here it's uh eight fifty-seven in the morning over here dude but it's sunday <laughs> i love your spirit
2: <laughs> it's, it's the end of my day you know so maybe I, I, I did forget for a second that you guys are behind yeah yeah i
0: i did i got a little sauce last night i did drink a little last yeah. night you good. good one uh Okay, um, my first album was?
2: Mm, Seven Son of a Seven Son by Arrow Maiden.
0: Fuck yes. I I would think so. It's a
2: a tough question because I actually got into music via tapes because I was living in South America in Colombia. So we didn't really have albums, albums. And um, I remember buying that one when I was quite young. So I guess it would have been one of my officially first albums. And maybe because of that, my favorite Maiden album.
0: That's my favorite maiden album also.
2: Cheers. Oh really? Wow. That's yeah. that's that's not what you often hear, right? Most people try to go for something else, but but yeah, that record somehow, I don't know, had something iconic to me and then whenever I get the the, the, the hard metal fencing, but what about the keywords and like what keywords? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's a good record. Yeah. yeah.
3: I think that was one of the first five albums that I bought. And, yeah. Great, great. album.
2: Yeah, totally. You know, I, I actually need to go back and listen to it. I still got that same original EP that I bought back then in Colombia. You know, it was one of the few records that came out domestically in Colombia. Wow.
0: Very cool. <laughs> um, if I could collaborate with anyone living or dead, it would be? Turi Amos, but I don't know what I
2: would do. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like maybe clean her piano or whatever, but. <laughs> I'm not musical enough to 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 team, but but yeah, that that would be uh, hands down my number one. No
3: backing vocals, no.
2: That would sound really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, like and I don't play instruments, you know. So so yeah, it, I, I'm a I'm a bad combo for for that. But uh, but yeah, I would you know give it a shot, see what happens.
0: That's the best answer. <laughs> um, my favorite non-metal genre is.
2: Wow. Uh, hardcore punk—is that good enough? Different enough?
0: It's your answer. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything you feel like. There's no wrong answer.
2: No, because a lot of bands, you know, like like to me are within that same extreme music genre. So I don't really like like think about whether punk or hardcore. To me, it's like. It's like all of the same, but yeah, I don't I don't really listen to a lot of uh, non-rock based music, so it's uh, I'm pretty strict when it comes to that. I, I would have not been able to say like yeah, electronic music or dark wave or whatever. It's not for me. Yeah, I hear that.
0: I'm gonna say hard. I'm gonna say
2: hardcore. If I have hardcore? To look, yeah, just hardcore. Like good old school hardcore, aggressive, three riffs. Yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. Um now this last one might put you on the spot a little bit so feel free to to not answer it but it's um my musical guilty
2: pleasure is Britney Spears <laughs>
3: Is it really uh, Tori Amos?
2: Well, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't feel guilty for no, Tori Amos. Come on, I mean, she, 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 she she's pretty well accepted, you know. And yeah, exactly. No, I'm just Josh, and and she and she covered Slayer, so I think even the metal heads will know her a little yeah. bit. But, but yeah, I don't know. But Britney Spears, I think, might put off some people. But I, yeah, you know, I just, I think her first two albums are amazing. They're they're great pop, you know, and uh, written by written by a rock guy, by a hard rock guy, so you can hear that in in some way. I just I just like good pop music, and you know. So uh, eventually she is sort of, like, like developed into a not-so-good artist anymore. Uh, I don't know if she ever was an artist, but uh, the first two Britney Spears albums are great. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't have a problem with that, you know. I can defend them. Yeah. I have a, well, Britney, cool. I have a Britney Spears towel, like a beach towel. That really? Gives, that puts me in a little bit weird spot now, right? <laughs>
0: Well, how, what is the... Is it, like, her face on the towel, or yes, is it, like... Yes,
2: it is, and somebody who thought it was funny that I liked those first two albums gave it to me as a present, so I did not buy it myself. It was a birthday <laughs> present, but I still have it, and I still use it. Sometimes I even take it on tour just to get, you know, just to get uh, into weird discussions with people.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's awesome.
3: I mean, I... I... I'll belt out Britney Spears in the car if it comes on the radio.
0: See,
2: there we go. Yeah. You know, like like it's Andy undib- Andy catchy, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> there are definitely catchy tunes.
2: I, you know, I
3: kind of grew up with it, so there
2: we it's go. No, I, I actually, you know, I, I don't I don't seriously necessarily go back and them to the records, but I, I still have them here. You know, I, I actually think I even picked up the third and the fourth one, but they were not as good anymore. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have uh, one last question here, um, in regards to like Spotify and streaming music. Uh, so as a fan, I really like it because I can expose myself to all sorts of music. But as an artist, what are your thoughts?
2: On well, music? That, that is a very very difficult question. Um, I have a I have a divided opinion about the topic um, in general, I would say, or, or actually the, the most important part is, uh, I think it's a, it is a good thing because it, you know, just brings music to the people in a format that they seem to like or need, you know. I uh, wh- Whatever gets our music heard and whatever gets our music liked by people is fine, first and foremost. Uh, on a personal level, I think it has devaluated music a little bit, you know, you have to... Put in no effort at all anymore um, to be able to get access to music, which is, like I said, starting off, it's a good thing. But I think also people don't appreciate don't appreciate it that much anymore because of that reason. You know, I remember having to walk to a store, having been told no, the record is not here. Going back the next time, taking a bus, taking a bus ride, buying that fucking record, paying I don't know too much money for it because it was an import or whatever. Then sitting down at home, like, hearing the first song and going like, oh, shit, I don't think I dig this. And then, you know, you would play it for as long as you needed to understand the record, and hopefully yeah. you would like it by the end of the day. These days, you know, like, some people listen to 30-second YouTube samples and are like, oh, I hate this band. And it's like, really? I mean, you know, you, you didn't do, they didn't do anything for you or, you know against you, and you didn't even take the time, you know, to, to, to try to understand what, what they're trying to say with the music. So, um, on a personal level, I, it's, not my, it's not my method of hearing music. I personally, I don't have a Spotify account, uh, even though I hear that it's very comfortable. Um, I don't listen to music on iTunes. I don't have an iTunes account either. Uh, I'm very old school, you know. Like I said, I'm just buying back LPs at the moment for records that I happen to have on the CD. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I like the, the the physical approach um, to an album like a music collection, but I totally understand that it's different times and that there is a generation that doesn't even know how to connect an LP player anymore. Um, <laughs> so so it's it's fair, you know. If 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 they if they get access to the music and they can dig it, I think that's a good thing. You know, that's I, I'm not going to put it completely down. If you ask me. I would be very unhappy if one day we could not have a CD version or an LP version of our own music, and hopefully that's never going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You totally just reminded me of myself back in high school, like, going down to my local music store and, like, bugging them to order the album that I want to purchase and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it
2: has something familiar. You talk to the to talk to the guy there at the desk who maybe has a good taste or was wearing the right shirt, and you would ask him, Hey, you know, what can you recommend me if you don't have that? Can you tell me something else? And, you know, that that, that sort of stuff doesn't happen anymore. It seems like, you know, it's it's more superficial, quicker times these days, which is good for a lot of things. When it comes to music and art, it can be very dangerous as well because I just think that people don't don't get any an intense connection sometimes anymore with with a with record you know um, but at the same time you know the musicians are guilty as well because maybe they don't put enough time and effort into making an album the the experience it should be yeah yeah you, you never know I mean but but yeah it's, it's a different time you have to adapt to it I I uh, know if if you would ask somebody else in the band they probably would have a different answer because some of the guys are completely into that and are you know adapted already into into that new system of of getting music around and and that is cool with me as well I you know I would like to think that that uh, we have a more traditional fan base in a way but if there is people who only discover us with this record then uh, by any means uh, i don't i don't have a problem with them digging the record on iTunes. I actually think it's amazing because if they like the music that 's all that matters awesome. i think it's it sounds better on vinyl though let me say that oh yeah oh yeah well well i i agree i I
3: typically like vinyl more these days
2: it can you know if if you have the right the right guy mixing it, the right guy mastering it, the right guy putting it into that format. You know, I, I uh, it's a bit warmer and maybe it's because it's more engaging. Maybe because you have to do more, that you appreciate it more, you know, to put on the record. It's it's a lot more complex than to stream it on YouTube, you know.
0: Yeah. I've always wondered about that, um, with vinyls because I have an LP player and, and I've I've bought like some core stuff and I've managed to get a hold of like some early Zappa um albums, which is really great. And um but like with new albums, I part of me is wondering well, it was kind of produced to be manufactured on a CD, and right. how is that translating on an
2: LP? But it, it's it's I mean, there was a lot of bands who were going back to doing LP masterings these days, you know, to provide two different masters. Would it the same for ours? So the <coughs> Excuse me about that. the the guy who the guy who mixed and mastered our album is very very conscious of not wanting to play along with that loudness more and you know like and making everything like super compressed just to fit. The um, tastemaker opinion that everything needs to be cranky these days. So he he uh, he does he does good with leaving the albums uh, quite organic and warm. And uh, um, I don't have the LP of our new record yet. I mean, it's only coming in hopefully next week. Um, But uh, but in theory, uh, also with the last couple of albums, with it, you you can hear a difference. You know, they. But obviously, yeah, mostly metal these days, and especially when it's like recorded to be so extreme. It's not really meant to be on LP, but it could be, you know, depending on what your approach is. A lot of, a lot of rock bands are also recording more organic these days, you know, which, which I think is great, you know, just like a new development and a new anti-movement, you know, to technology to say, like, fuck it, we're not going to use triggers, we're going to record analog again, we're going to go back to the basics, uh, and, and that's cool, you know, it just keeps it more interesting than if everybody is, like, sounding extreme only.
0: Alright. Well, you know, we really appreciate your time. Thank you again so much
2: for talking to us. Yeah, thank um, you. Very very welcome and, and hope you guys have a great long Sunday, you know. And uh, and and thanks thanks for the support um and for the good talk.
0: Thank you for the fucking killer album. It's been such a, a joy to listen to it. Yeah.
2: Super welcome. I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah.
0: And hey, you know my secret identity, so I'm trusting you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally do. Actually, you know what? I, I'm I'm gonna forget it in five minutes. <laughs> and I will and I will do it as a favor to you, and then uh, you know it's like the burn notice type of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you have a great evening, Life.
2: Thank you. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed that little little interview there. And here is the song "Effect Gravity." Uh...
0: so that was affect gravity and uh, in case you were wondering uh because i don't think we've actually said it at this point the album comes out in europe uh june 12th in most areas june 15th and some others uh so go ahead and um you know check the website uh for that information if you're in europe um and it comes out in the united states june 30th uh, all over the united states you can get your grubby little paws on this thing it's um, mine mm, it will be mine um so uh this is going to be released tonight uh but we will be releasing part two of this podcast where we talk about uh the new album from Necrogoblicon, the new album from skinless and the new album from pyromaze uh on our normal sort of schedule which will be next wednesday and uh and of course after that episode we'll be doing the part two of our black metal episode which will be full of church burnings and murders and mayhem
1: all, all the good stuff black metal is known for right or was that all the older
0: stuff was that part one was that the good stuff you're 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 like a prophet i can't even follow <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right drink the kool-aid
0: <laughs> all i have is coffee oh uh, then drink that it's black not black not this is black yes um so this is shagalot signing off
1: this is matt
0: This is Dino. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. Toodles.